starting a new series this month, and the series is The Arrival. Would you pray right now? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask you, Lord, as we look into your word, we celebrate your word, I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit will take your word and begin to burn it in the hearts of all of us in the room, and especially those, Lord, that you have set up. You always set us up, God, for blessing. Bless all of us and bless those that you have set aside for this word. And help me, Father, that I may share the word in clarity and with anointing by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. How many here receive the word of God? Just raise your hand and say amen. amen. The arrival. We know in the month of December is also considered in other faiths and other churches as a celebration of Advent. And in a way, that's exactly what Advent is. It's the celebration of the arrival. The arrival of Jesus Christ, the arrival of him coming and entering into this space. God intersecting with darkness and light overtaking darkness Jesus Christ came so that you and I and those whom we know may have a way and an answer and a solution to this world and to this life. All of us in this room understand that there are challenges. There are things that we face. Sometimes we are faced with things with sudden, sudden utter surprise. We didn't even see it coming around the corner, and it happened. This time of year is a time of celebration, but most of all, it's a time of observation. Observing God, who he is, and what he means to us as a people. You know, we want to think that everything is jingle bells and Frosty the Snowman, and we want to celebrate, and there's nothing wrong with celebration. God wants us to celebrate the birth of his son. We can always take all of the party elements and draw it into a focus that it's about Jesus and about our salvation. Emmanuel, the Lord has come. The Lord God is with us. But there are things that happen and occur in life and in ministry and active ministry that I see not only in this local church but within the state and the church of God. There are people facing crisis and difficulty and, and, and hitting them left and right. There's a pastor friend of mine in Lucasville that he and his wife are doing a tremendous work. God's really moving in the church. But within less than a month's time, they have lost, she, he lost both of his parents have passed away and yesterday only days later her father was found passed away and so here's this family having to deal with this grief and life having to deal with life itself how many here would raise your hand and say pastor this life isn't always fair this life isn't always a song and dance this life has weights and, and responsibilities that can weigh heavy on us. Can I get an amen? 
But with the arrival of Jesus Christ comes, uh, there are four particular themes we're going to cover in the next few weeks. It's going to, with the arrival comes hope, then faith, then joy, then peace. Today I'd like to talk to you and share with you about hope and hope in the Lord, hope in this season. You know, if you look up the definition of hope, it, it is defined in the dictionary as the feeling that is that what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out for the best. That hope is a is a person or thing in which expectations are centered. We hope on things and for hope for things to happen. Listen, we are to be, we are children of hope. We are children of hope, knowing that this, that life in this world is not all that we live, but we have eternal life in Christ Jesus. We are children of hope uh, that God has the final say over everything in our life. Do you believe in the providence of God and the sovereignty of God over your life? I, I feel like I don't live my life by happenstance. I live my life by how God is preparing my path and with me. Amen. I'm not alone in this world. I have somebody with me. And let me tell you, when you have somebody with you, you can live this life with assurance. Uh, students out there, uh, you may be trying to go through high school or college and you think you're on your own, God wants to tell you that you have somebody that's going to be with you and help you. Amen. Amen, Brother Noah. You know what I'm talking about. That's somebody with you all through college and all through the exams and everything that you face. You have somebody. And you have somebody because of the arrival. You have somebody because God came down. God wasn't uh, in a sort of a, a bad mood and said listen if you want me you come on up here and, and you can have me no God says if you want me I'm coming down where you're at if you need me I'm going to meet you where you're at there's hope in God hope in God the, the word hope uses a verb means to look forward to with desire and reasonable confidence to believe, desire, or trust. As you use hope as a verb, that's we're hoping. Amen. It's not wrong. I mean, listen, I've heard people say, well, you shouldn't say hope. Well, I live in hope. Hope is a launching pad of my faith in God. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things unseen. So my faith is launched by my hope. And the Lord wants your faith to be launched by your hope in Jesus Christ. How many here are glad for the arrival that the Lord has come down? Emmanuel. I'd like for you to picture with me a large dead stump located in a spacious backyard. This stump was, is old and, and it has no bark. Nearby, there are trees that are flourishing, but there sat this stump by itself. Those who lived in the house didn't know 
when the tree was cut down, but the kids loved to play around it. And it had an uneven stair step cut across the top that made a good perch to sit on. Believe it or not, three of us in our family as kids could sit on that stump in our old backyard on Park Boulevard in Louisville, Kentucky. It was an old house we lived in, and so the stump looked natural there because it was a very old Adams family house. And then and, and the kids would go trick-or-treating and wouldn't go to our door because they were scared of the iron gate that would swing with the wind and the great big catalpa tree that sat in the front that had no leaves with, would sway and look real spooky. You talk about a scary place, that was a scary place. So that stump sort of looked like it belonged there. But in the daytime, during the sunshine hours, and when the, we went out to play, all six of us, we weren't asked to go out we were told to go out of the house uh, nothing gets done when there are six uh, Indians running through wild Indians running through the house uh, and it it never was a uh, one white tornado there was six tornadoes going through the house so my mama said either you get out of this house or I'm going to put you to work and so therefore we went outside how many here can relate to what I'm talking about yeah, yeah. Where there were no electronic plugs where you could plug in a device and sit outside and watch a nice video. No, you went out there to imagine. You went out there to play. You went out there, you grabbed sticks and anything you could get your hands on and make something out of it. And there stood that stump with no bark on it at all. I don't know how old it was it was there. I even had to call my brother Curtis, my oldest brother, just to make sure it wasn't in my imagination. You know, because we can sometime over a course of time start imagining things. And I don't want to tell you an untruth. I want to be truthful to you what really happened in our life. And so there was that stump. And we would, we would play, I mean, you know a stump. A stump a stump can be that place where it's home base if you're playing catch. The stump can be the place where it suddenly becomes the first man on as the king. And this stump was tall and it was big and it, was, it could hold some of us together. And so we all scurried to who, see, who could sit on the top of that stump. And I got to tell you, being the youngest, one of the youngest, I never got on top of that stump. I tried. I played around it. I messed with it. But my brothers and sisters, they got up there always first. Now somebody say, aw. That's what happens when you're not, you're like the youngest middle child. You know, you're just, you're just there chasing everybody, you know. But that stump became a place uh, where it was home base during a game of catch or a, a lookout post for playing cowboys and Indians or a meeting place to decide what to do next. But it was just there, sitting there, nothing old, dry, and big. We had great times around that stump. However... With all these memories, it was still just an old, dry, dead stump. I don't know if it's still there or not. I know it's not there anymore because 
the airport in Louisville took over everything in my life. Everywhere, actually, tell you the truth, folks, I have no past. I have nowhere to go with past. My old houses, they're gone. The airport took it. My old schools are gone because the airport took it. Why? Why? I think there's still the remnants of my old high school. It wasn't taken. It's now some elite school where uh, private school, but it still stands. But everything else, my churches I went through, why even the Bible college I went through doesn't exist anymore. I just don't have any. You better hope I stay here forever. You know, because I don't know, it fades as I walk forward. I don't know what happens. You know, don't call me the widow maker, but, you know, it's like I have nothing to say. Hey, kids, look at that. Hey, kids, look where we used to live. It's just not there anymore. Maybe God just nudging, saying, look toward the future. Move forward. I might have a tendency to want to go back too much. He says, go forward. But here was this old stump, and everything around it was flourishing. Great big trees. We had big trees in that yard. It was just unbelievable. But I want you to know, I didn't share this with you just to go down memory lane. However, I did enjoy it for a moment. I sat there at my dining room table last night, and I kind of reminisced those moments and times a lot of times I don't remember a lot of things of my past, but that was a very enjoyable time hanging around the old stump. But as fact is, is that there's not much that is useful about that old stump. It just was there. But I'm not sharing it with you just to go down memory lane. It made me think of a scripture found in Isaiah 11, 1 through 4. And we're going to go through three translations so you really get it. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 through 4. In the New King James, it says, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of its roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the Spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of fear, and the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. The same verse is Isaiah 11, 1 through 4 in the New Living Translation. Out of the stump of David's family shall grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might and the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance nor make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. Praise God. The earth will shake at the force of his word. In the Message Bible, same verses. A green shoot will sprout from Jesse's stump, from his roots of a budding branch. 
the life-giving spirit of God will hover over him. The spirit that brings wisdom and understanding. The spirit that gives direction and builds strength. The spirit that instills knowledge and the fear of God. The fear of God will be all his joy and delight. He won't judge by appearances, won't decide on the basis of hearsay. He'll judge the needy by what is right, render decisions on the earth's poor with justice. His words will bring everyone to awed attention. I heard it once, and maybe you heard it, that Christmas is a holiday for kids. Yeah, I, I'm glad I like a holiday seeing children excited and thrilled about the holiday season. Excited about the gifts, excited about the celebration. It is, no doubt, a holiday where children become the highlight of it. I think a grandparent thought of that. That Christmas is for grandchildren. And, but they're really for children. Christmas is not just a holiday for kids, but for everyone. Turn to your neighbor and say, look at your neighbor and say, hey, Christmas is for me. Christmas is for me. Yeah, uh -huh. Our secular holiday traditions may be geared more for children. However, the meaning and message of Christmas is for everyone. There are very grown-up needs around us, and the only answer to them is God. And we celebrate the glorious message of Christmas, the arrival. There's hope in this arrival. Hope is the that's hope that to the seemingly hopeless, sinful condition of man, there's hope. God looked down at this world and saw man in his cut off, dead, hopeless condition and he said, I can fix this. The tender shoot uh, springing up out of that old stump that was a symbol of hopelessness suddenly out of that old dead stump sprung up a tender shoot, a sign of life a sign of possibilities, a sign of solution, a sign that things aren't over, baby. God's got a plan, and he's got an opportunity, and he's going to bring it to man. Please don't let your imagination be stalled by visualizing that tender shoot as just that tiny, precious baby lying in that manger though that's the beginning but see that the shoot as the one who conquers hopelessness and springs up I celebrate and you celebrate the arrival because one who brings hope in a hopeless situation there can be everything stacked against them, against us and coming against us but then you and I can say, but God. 
God makes the difference, the arrival of a savior, an arrival of a conquering king, not just a little baby, but it was a plan by God to bring us a salvation and a savior and a conquering king in our life. Oh, this wasn't just a, a thought up thing with God. This was something planned all along. Why he even knew it before Adam even fell. It was going to happen. And he had this plan. He knew it before the devil even fell from God and fell from heaven. And he being judged and no longer called Lucifer but Satan and the devil because of his, his rebellion against God. God already knew that he had something in store and something planned. So this thing about a baby coming to Bethlehem and being born of a virgin wasn't something that God thought of yesterday. He planned it way in advance for our salvation. If God, and he is a God who plans everything, who holds the world and the universe in the palm of his hand, don't you know that God who plans our salvation is a God that can intervene in every situation and bring hope in the midst of hopelessness. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. See, a thousand years ago before Christ, about a thousand years, Jesse had a son. He had several sons but he had David and here the prophet prophesies and says from the stem or actually from the stump of Jesse now that's what the word really means the stump of Jesse now when I see that stump I think about the stump that I used to play on and, and play with it was dead it was without bark it didn't have any hope I mean all, only usefulness it had was somebody might play with it every once in a while but there was no you know nobody knew its previous glory I didn't see it before it was chopped down I didn't see it as a sprawling tree flourishing and great <coughs> and here Israel they had their flourishing moments their golden age David and Solomon they had a, a great kingdom that was happening and here was this incredible tree that God says that David out from you there's going to forever be therefore your throne will be forever because of the one who's going to come and so here in history we see through the word where Israel, they, they eventually went to idolatry. From idolatry came invasion. With invasion came captivity. And seemingly they were cut off from any possibility. Cut off from a word, a prophetic word that that kingdom was going to last and that throne was going to last forever. But there came a change. The stump was there, but in on that infamous day, a baby was born, and a tender shoot sprung up out of that old dead stump, and it came alive and became a branch that began to flourish and bear fruit. Let me tell you, some of us are living lives that we feel are unfruitful. Some of us are living lives as though we're like that old stump. We've been cut off 
opportunity's gone. I don't think there's a future for me. Everything's going wrong. Nothing's going to change. Boy, have I, boy, have I heard that. I've heard people tell me, Pastor, nothing is going to change. It won't change as long as you remain the old stump. As long as you bask in your failures and your sin and your idolatry and you, you, you're defeated because what happened to Israel was that they fell and then was cut off and led into captivity. But there sprung one, the Son of God. And God says, listen, it ain't over. Uh, almost like, you know, those timeline movies. You see the, the, the plant growing. It's kind of like that the timeline uh, speed up, sped up. What? Time lapsed. Edited movie. Someone, you know, someone set a camera there and let that thing run and run and run and run. Just for that one shot. But it, it's, there's that, that sprout coming up. Coming up. It ain't no, God says... I can fix this. I can make what seems to be impossible possible. I'm giving you a new future. Oh yeah, the old, the one you used to have has been cut off, but now I'm going to give you a new future. I'm going to give you a land and opportunity and a life of opportunity and possibilities in me. That comes through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The stump is a symbol of something that's been cut down, no longer promising or fruitful. That stump may symbolize, as was in Israel, an era of captivity. But with that branch or that sprout that becomes a branch, with that branch, the scripture says, the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance. Nor make a decision based on hearsay. What? Why he's not going to listen to gossip. Why he's not going to pay attention to Facebook posts. Why, he's not going to do anything except by righteousness. He's not going to base it on what someone else says. He will see it for himself. Don't you see that's what God did with you and I? I don't know where you came from, but I know where I came from. I came from the have-nots. I came from a place of uh, living, living in the projects. I came from a place of alcoholism in my family and brokenness. I came from a place that was a stump. But one day there came a decision. And that decision changed my future and changed my life. Somebody, somebody know what I'm talking about. Somebody know what I'm talking about in this house. But then a sprout sprung up. And it all changed. And a new branch began to come out. Bringing forth new fruit in my life. It's all because of Jesus. Thank God for Christmas. Thank God. Thank God. 
I go to funerals this time of year. I walk in now before I walk into the building the other day in the funeral home. And under my breath, I said, thank God for Christmas. Thank God for Christmas. Because salvation came. This is not the end of the story. <laughs> God looked at that person one day and said, I can fix that. I can change that. I can make it. How many here have been fixed in this house? How many here have a, a former life and now it's been fixed? Because a sprout sprang up. The old lineage is dead and cut off. And now God's given you a new life. My goodness. Through abuse, the devil said, I'm cutting it down. Through neglect, I'm going to cut it down. Through disappointment, I'm going to cut it down. Through broken home situation, I'm going to cut it down. Through disease, I'm going to cut it down. But no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, that's gone. But there's something new coming up. <laughs> something new coming up. Something new coming up. Oh, my goodness. Because in our stump condition, we were alone. In our stump condition, we didn't have a future. In our stump condition, God was a million miles away. In our stump condition, we had religion, but no relationship. In our stump religion, we were under law and under grace. Our stump condition, we were letting someone else pray for us instead of ourselves praying for ourselves. In our stump condition, the thief kept coming in robbing us and robbing us and robbing us. But then, there came that moment in time where up came a sprout. And with that came branches. And with that came fruit. I'm glad that he who is loving eyes saw this poor man, saw this poor boy, saw my condition as it really was. Not by hearsay, but by truth. And he offered the way. He offered the way. I believe I'm talking to some folks they're still in your stump condition. You've been cut down. And you don't think anything's ever going to change. Why don't you let life spring up? Why don't you let the Son of God spring up in your life, in your heart? And he'll change the conditions. He'll change the conditions. Do I, do I have any believers in the house this morning? Anybody really knows what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. 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 The world thought I was done for. The world thought I'd probably end up in jail. The world probably thought I'd probably be broken. The, the world probably thought, well, he's going to be forever, forever downtrodden and poor. The world thought I'm going to grow up and be like my stepfather, be an alcoholic. I, the world thought I was going to be like, like my uncle who was a drug addict. The world thought I was going to be like everybody else broken and everybody else messed up. But you see, the thing was, there was that moment when this stump allowed Jesus to come in and suddenly a sprout sprang up and you know what's going to happen 
My son and my daughter are blessed. My grandsons are blessed. My great great grandchildren are going to be blessed. Everybody I touch are going to be blessed because of that shoot that brings forth an everlasting fruit in my life. Hallelujah. Now let's sing around the Christmas tree. Now let's shake some jingle bells and glorify God and praise him. That praise the Lord, the King has come. You know, I like Frosty Snowman. He sings and he wears a smile. I believe he's a Christian. Yeah. I believe the Grinch got saved. I think Scrooge had a spiritual enlightenment and had a changed life. Why? Because the sun has come. He has arrived. He has arrived. I would quit if he had not arrived. I'd quit this job. You can have it if I don't have a hope and know that there's somebody that can make a difference in people. I don't like hearing problems and difficulties. I cry when other people cry. It breaks me when I hear things and it hurts. I don't like that. I want to laugh. I want to be holly and jolly. You know, but then I'm reminded of the shoot that sprung up. And God tells me, Ron, I'm the answer. Point them toward me. Lead them in my direction. And I'll make a difference in their life. Oh my goodness. We just lift your hands and praise the Lord for a moment. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to know through Jesus Christ, this isn't a soap opera. It's become a feel-good movie through Jesus Christ. There's always a happy ending. Always, not a sitting and soaking and souring in the midst of all the turmoil and the hopelessness. No, there's a light that shines in darkness. There's a song that rises up in the midst of the prison house. There's praise and worship that occurs under persecuted Christians. Why? Because there's a tender shoot that has sprung through and broken through all the stuff that the stump wants to stop. God says, I'm going to have my way and I'm going to bless my people people and I'm going to lead them. I'm going to give them knowledge when they need it. I'm going to give them wisdom when they need it. I'm going to give them favor and grace. Oh my. Hallelujah. Listen. There is, this is a miracle season. This is a miracle season. So what are you talking about preacher? Oh just start talking about virgin birth. Just start talking about the angels filling the sky. 
Just start talking about all the prophecies before Christ and he fulfilled all of them. And what's the possibility and percentage of that ever happening? Just think about how God orchestrated and moved. Look at the miracles that occurred in the season. And with that, you just in your heart say, God, I claim my miracle season. My family, they can have a present, but I want a miracle. I want a miracle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't you think we can claim that? Don't you think God still does miracles? God does great, incredible things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Scripture gets us pumped up when it's time to serve the Lord's Supper. We can believe in that. Yeah, well, we believe in that. We can read Scripture in the book of James when we lay hands on people that the sick that they may recover. And because of Scripture, we get built up with it and we can believe that. Why can't we read upon the pages of this book and realize that during the miracle celebration of the greatest miracle of all, we can claim our miracle? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When I first started pastoring, I was wondering, it was Christmas season, I thought, man, this is going to be tough. But it wasn't long after I got into this thing, I realized, oh, you get in the Word, and if you think about it all, it's something happens inside of you. Read the Gospels. Read Luke 2 and Matthew 1 and 2. Read and know the Lynch and Lo and know. Read in Isaiah 9 and 2. Read Isaiah chapter 11. Read in the book of Micah. Read and know and know that God has planned this. That this is miraculous. And it's glorious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know why maybe we don't hear angels sing anymore or angels shouting glorify God? God said, hey, aren't you ready to do that after what you've received? We're the ones that make the noise. We're the ones that do the celebration. We're the recipients of what angels desire to look into. We have it. We have it. Turn to your neighbor and say, I got it. I won't celebrate it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you in a stump condition? Are you ready for life to rise up, Son of God, to spring up in your life? Now it's the time. I don't believe in coincidence. No. God's got a plan for us, and God's got a plan for you to hear this. That's why sometimes I get really loud and sweaty and emotional and all this stuff, because I know. I know God's got a plan. And that he's got a plan for you. Would you stand with me right now? Could you do that song, song, My Soul Doth Magnify the Lord?